0: We can qualify you to get a free diabetic monitor and a complimentary testing
1: kit for coronavirus. For only $79, our highly trained technicians will do a full air duct cleaning and sanitation to make sure the air you breathe is free of bacteria. Justice against your social insurance number. Ignoring this would be an intentional attempt to avoid initial appearances. So, before this matter goes to federal courthouse or you get arrested, kindly press one and speak to an officer now.
0: This is C Suite, the podcast where you'll hear stories from real people, leaders, and cybersecurity experts about how to stay connected and protected. Every episode, we'll explore different cyber challenges and highlight the many ways we can enhance our online security, reduce the likelihood of attacks, and improve our digital confidence. I'm your host, Claudette McGowan. Robocalls are one of the oldest cyber crimes in the book. Since the 1980s, when tape decks were attached to phones, the world has become accustomed to frustrating pre-recorded phone calls. As technology got more advanced, so did robocall tactics. From exclusive vacation deals to claims that you owe the government money, almost everyone has experienced a robocall. But in the past few years, robocalls have reached an all-time high. In 2019 alone, There were almost 60 billion robocalls made in the United States.
1: Robocall scammers hitting so many of us at once day and night. More than 30 billion robocalls last year alone. To date, the FTC has filed
0: 145 cases alleging telemarketing violations.
2: According to the U-Mail robocall
0: index, October saw 2115 robocalls every second. So what exactly do robocalls sound like? Let's hear from Sarah and Allison, two young professionals who have been hounded by robocalls for years. I think it was
2: two years ago. So like 2019 leading into 2020, maybe twice a week, I would get a phone call. And if I answered, it would be basically a robot saying, I owe money to the Canadian Revenue Agency and I need to pay up. And it sounded super official.
3: This message is for you from the Criminal Investigation Department of Revenue Canada. The reason behind this call is to notify you that we have registered a criminal case against your name concerning tax deficiency and tax fraud.
2: If I didn't pick up the phone, they would leave a voicemail that would sound the exact same. It definitely sounded like... It could truly be from the CRA. And I remember the first time I got the phone call, I I definitely was like, hold up. Do I owe money to the CRA? Is this real? Ultimately, I I was like, "Mm, this seems a little
4: fishy. So I have been getting robocalls for years. I would say in the latter half of 2020, I don't know what happened with my number, but I was getting maybe at least two a day and it was usually between the same two numbers. So I eventually blocked those. The
2: number you dialed has been changed, disconnected or is no longer in service.
4: They were your basic CRA or you have won a free trip. They have left voicemails for me before. I've gotten some that are a pre-recorded voicemail, but then I've also gotten some that are just silence for 30 seconds, which is incredibly creepy. So, a lot of the robocalls I get will leave a voicemail, but there's no speaking on the other end. It's just quiet.
0: Sarah and Allison have very similar stories. They both received robocalls claiming that money was owed or that a fantastic deal was waiting for them. But these calls didn't just happen once or twice. They were received over and over and over again from many different phone numbers and even multiple times in a single day.
2: After a while, I blocked the phone number because I I figured this has to be a robocall. And then I started getting the same phone calls from different numbers. So I've just like kept blocking numbers as new ones called. And it's been, I would say maybe like six months since I've gotten one, but there they were like multiple numbers that I had to block.
4: But it has changed my thoughts on phone calls now. And now I feel like there have probably been multiple people that have called me that aren't robocalls, but I end up hanging up on them just because I'm more afraid at the moment. Like, I got a call a couple weeks ago, and it was, I mean, it could have been a robocall, but it did seem pretty legit of, it was this just girl, and she was taking a survey for uh, people in a certain district in Toronto about our living situation with the pandemic, and I just hung up on her mid-call because I i don't know. I think this just made me more cautious of any phone calls I get, which I guess can be a good thing but also a bad thing?
0: Luckily, both Sarah and Allison knew enough to ignore and block the calls. But the after-effect has left them both frustrated and fearful of any future calls, even innocent ones. So how exactly do robocalls work? I asked my colleague and cybersecurity expert, Cheryl, to explain. Behind
3: the scenes, they are quite simply calls made by computers and it is software automated so that it can do hundreds and thousands of calls within minutes to um, an automated dialing list. It just doesn't get any simpler or faster than that. It's hard to determine them or come after them because they can change up their number sequences and they can hide very easily in our network. So just, it's like whack-a-mole. When you think you found the right number, they've simply moved on to another one. If you're getting a robocall, they'll often direct you to uh, a website. In a lot of the legal cases, it's it, it'll be call this number, and then if you're speaking to an actual person, they'll get the information from you, and that's that's in the, the, the very threatening ones. In the tech scams and the other types of scams, it's, okay, please go to this website and download this information for this software, and we will have remote access in.
0: Since robocalls are automated, they're easy to implement and incredibly hard to track down. But are all robocalls bad? We asked Cheryl to break down the different types of automated calls that someone might receive. are good ones, the ones that have a, an actual purpose. So think in terms
3: of it, because it's automated, it's efficient and it's cost effective, which is great if you're a hospital or you're an educational institution or you're a charity. This is how you reach out to people fast and efficiently. It's really a great resource for anybody who's working under budgetary constraints like charities. It's not that that's a bad thing. It's a problem when it gets abused. And that's when we have the fraudulent people. in your Windows computer is actually calling. This is Windows calling. No, my computer is not calling me with my Windows problem. (laughs) But a lot of people actually believe that that is the case or the really scary ones from the the IRS or the CRA and we owe money and there are charges pending against us. So the problem with that is that they're leveraging and abusing our trust in established and known brands or in authority figures and they are able to abuse
0: that. Here's what we know so far. Robocalls are phone calls made by computers. Criminals use technology and dialing lists to contact thousands of people at the same time. And since their process is automated, they can switch to different phone numbers at the touch of a button. While robocall technology can be a good thing for politicians and charities, criminals take advantage of this by impersonating the entities we trust the most. That's when people can become easily swayed. Clearly, robocalls are a very real threat for anyone with a phone. But what does robocall crime look like for institutions? I asked Dr. Rick Hybricks, Vice President of Strategy and Innovation at George Brown College, to elaborate.
1: Like everyone else, personally received them plenty of times. And I think in the beginning you didn't think much of it because it's just another nuisance call about a duck cleaning or a, a Canada Revenue Agency coming after me to collect my check. It, it feels like nothing, but the more you start to understand and how how these how all this works, the more you realize how vulnerable we are for those calls and how easy it is to fall for it or to go along or to respond to it. And we may not even see the implication of it for a long time to come. So, at my house, we get these calls on a very regular basis. As an institution, we get the calls on a very regular basis. We have 34,000 full time students, 60,000 part time students. They're all part of our infrastructure and our network. And what I'm learning is where you open the door once, um, it it may end up being a pathway into institutional or an enterprise infrastructure that becomes very hard to manage. So again, there's probably software and innovations coming to fight these things, but the innovation will, on the robocall side, will be of the same speed. And so being diligent, being aware, frankly, hanging up on those calls is key to all of us. I have to say lucky and knock on wood, I think I've not been victim yet to a robocall call. And I say I think because maybe I've responded once and said something and voice recordings will use my voice one day. But it's not only a scary thought, it's, it's right here, it's right now. And if we look at the facts, it's quite a growing problem.
0: As Rick explained, robocalls are becoming more innovative and therefore more serious especially for institutions. While it might seem easy to recognize and ignore a call, new angles are being used. Even responding by voice could provide a criminal with information that can be used against us in the future. As new prevention techniques become available, Rick predicts that robocalls will continue to evolve. But what risks do robocalls pose today? Cheryl explains...
3: They started off being nuisance calls, but honestly, they can do a lot of damage. The first way is when you are intimidated as the person on the other end of that line, you get reeled in hook, line, and sinker. It can be through a tech support scam. The best way is to just hang up and do not engage with them. However, so many people who are not really technical, they're just, they're regular users, which the vast majority of people are, they believe that this is a sincere problem. In fact, they're more inclined now than ever, I think, to believe that, oh no, I'm being called from Windows because there's a problem with my computer and that means I'll be breached. And that may make them feel even more likely to try and get help because they're going to be breached and they're going to go along with that. The caller will give them a URL, a website to access, to download software and they will go willingly, unfortunately, and download that software, put it on their computer, and it's actually remote access software so that the attacker has a legitimate way in onto their device. All the time this person is thinking, I'm doing the right thing, I'm protecting my machine. And it's that abuse of trust that's so awful. Once in their machine, well, the attacker then has full access to to everything in that personal computer. And it's not a networked computer with all of the safeguards that enterprises, use it is somebody's home machine that's just wide open so the attacker can go in and find all the things that you don't want to find that information giving them that information and that access is one of the biggest dangers because you can't reel that back in once they're in they are in and they're taking advantage of it this is all about cheap and efficient the most the most hits with with one throw There's been exponential growth just over the past four years. They stole $24 million from Canadians in 2019. And they stole $9 billion just between the period of March 2017 and March 2018 for Americans. So that's that's only gone up from there.
0: According to Cheryl, robocalls serve many different purposes for criminals. So what can we do to mitigate these risks? Here's what Rick is doing to protect his students, faculty, and family.
1: Yeah, from a, what, what can we all do in our house or at our work? There's no call list, so you can put your number, but the truth is I, I've signed up for those and I still get the calls that speaks again to, I think, how sophisticated these calls are becoming. I think the reality is, if you don't know the number, if you don't know the requests, I mean, the IRS or the Canada Revenue Agency and your bank are not just going to call you and ask for information. So the truth is, more likely than not, many of the calls we receive these days aren't right. And so the response is, although it may feel counterintuitive, but not to go along, frankly, not even to respond and just um, end the call. And I realized that doesn't make it go away, but I think as a what you can do on your personal side, I think it's something we have to be very uh, aware of.
0: And here are Cheryl's tips to avoid robocalls. Just
3: do not answer. On our mobile devices, we can put a facility in that just blocks unknown numbers so that if somebody calls you with that number, It might flash on your screen, but it's not going to disturb you and it'll just get recorded in your call bank, but you don't have to take that call. As far as um, being able to actually do more, there are third-party software programs that enable you to do tracebacks on calls so that if you have a persistent number that is really starting to become more than just an annoyance, you can provide that kind of information to a, a legal source. And they will have that detail that they need to be able to proceed because in the prosecutions, if they don't have a lot of information, not just your say-so, but the actual verifiable call times, call stamps, etc. to work from, it's really hard to pin this to somebody. And and for, for an individual, it's nice to know that they are actually free services and reputable in, in, the, in the sense that you can that they have been established and they're, they're working to protect individual users like this at that level of the calls.
0: Robocalls may feel relentless, but there are ways to protect ourselves. By ignoring, hanging up, and installing preventative software, we can avoid robocalls and even report them to the authorities. So what can we expect from robocalls and cybersecurity moving forward? Rick says, the future is bright, but we all have a role to play.
1: When we see the numbers that um, in, the, in the US robocalls increased, I think 50% last year, almost $300 million worth of losses, the, the harsh reality is this is happening, this is growing. So there will be counter tools, there will be counter processes. We all have to play a role in fighting this. We cannot just sit back and pretend this doesn't impact us and that some piece of software somewhere will, will protect us but that this is where, where people and technology really need to work together to uh, protect us from the implications of uh, cyber attacks and in this particular discussion, robocalls. We are so tethered and dependent on the flow of personal information and interaction and using uh, the internet and whatever evolutions come of that, and therefore the need for protecting our personal data, protecting our privacy, and frankly securing our assets, both digital and physical, cyber has to be wrapped around every decision and business decision we make. I mentioned earlier, uh, although it's perceived to be an IT conversation, this has to be a conversation that is being had in every boardroom, including in ours, we tend to be, in a way, a very vulnerable sector, where we have, as I said, 30,000 students, full-time, 60,000 part-time, that come in and on our network. So we have to do everything we can to protect our own and our students. It's going to be, if it not already is, an anchor of all of our digital transformation. A call out, I'd say, to my peers in our industry, in every industry, is if this is not a topic in your boardroom yet, then I think you're behind, because I think this is happening fast and furious. Uh, There's attacks happening on all our networks every minute of every day. And if we're not super strategic about this, I think uh, we lose and it will come at increasingly high cost.
0: Here are three key takeaways from what we learned today. First, robocalls are robust. Using automation and calling lists, robocall criminals can target thousands of people from multiple phone numbers all at the same time. Even if you block a number like Sarah and Allison did, the attacker can simply switch to a new one. Second, robocalls can be more risky than most people realize. Even a seemingly harmless action, like going to a website or responding by voice, could give the attacker access to your personal information or an institution's entire network. Take these calls seriously. And lastly, there are many ways to avoid and prevent robocalls. Adding yourself to a no-call list, installing a call blocker, and using tracking software to report crime are all effective prevention tools. Above all else, Never be afraid to block, ignore, or hang up a questionable phone call. I want to give a huge thank you to our guests, Sarah, Allison, Rick, and Cheryl, for joining me today. And thank you for listening to C-Suite. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm Claudette McGowan. Tune in for our next episode on March 18th. And remember, with over 4 billion of us online, we have to do everything possible to keep ourselves connected and protected.